welcome to Behind the Sofa. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Behind the Sofa. My name's Ollie. And I'm Kirsty. How are you doing, Kirsty? I am good. I am sad that it's a bit warm outside. I thought we'd pass that and we were going into lovely chilly autumn, but apparently not. No. It's making me sad. You're like the thing, aren't you? like hibernate in the ice and then once it's the fire comes out you're like um, thanks yeah, it's, yeah, it's fine you can... compliment <laughs> um, what are we talking about this week this week we are talking uh, we are at number 92 uh, of our top 100 and this is 1986's Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer we are ripping through these mm-hmm. I've just realised I'm we're excited gonna... yeah any, any day now it's going to be number one and then what are we going to do I think we're a few years off that, but still. let's not wish our lives away. Well. I think we'll be. I think we got a little bit to cover before then. Yeah. Um, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. I have seen this before, and I've I feel burnt. I feel burnt by society, and I remember films and liking films, and then I kind of have to tread carefully about recommending them too much. So I think, oh man, maybe I'm remembering it wrong. Maybe mm. this film's actually not too hot. Um, you have seen it, not seen I it. I had not seen it, but I had known through um, having a weird love for true crime. Uh, I'm sure there's a few people listening who have the same weird fascination, but um, I knew about Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Tool, and um, yeah, so I, I knew that story. So when this was coming up, I was like, ooh, I'm, you know, slightly intrigued. And then you were saying how, about how bleak it is. Yeah. So <laughs> those two, Otis Tool and Henry Lee Lucas, are two of the grungiest of serial killers I would say as well they're pretty grim yeah Um, definitely fascinating read if you're uh, interested in that kind of stuff at all I've got a little bit later on about um, like just to compare the like very very brief comparisons of uh, of the real life killers with the film so we'll go into that a little bit later I think cool Um, right first up Mm. very first impression the first 10 seconds of the movie opening what did uh, you think of? What oh, did come I on. think of? How can you not... Re- I, I, I thought you would be all over this. This is way more in your wheelhouse than mine. The music. Did it not re- make you think of something? No. Didn't make you think of Phantomas? A mm. director's cut? Because mm. they do it on that. They do Henry Portrait of a Serial... That's where I knew this music from before I'd even seen the movie. Yeah. And I am not a Mike Patton guy at <laughs> all. So for anyone who doesn't know... like. Phantomass were like a super group with like Dave Lombardo from Slayer and Buzz from the Melvins uh, and they recorded an album that was like all different horror movie uh, main theme tunes mm. um, in their crazy signature style and yeah Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer was one of the ones on there and as soon as this came on this time around I was like oh my god I'm having the most hardcore flashbacks <laughs> um, but yeah I mean they've got the golem and uh, Cape Fear and I'm the Godfather have to have a listen, but yeah I was more Faith No More than Phantom Ass so well I was I was neither really yeah. but I, I definitely remember listening to this and thinking yeah. all I thought all it got for me was that it's um, the, the entire credit sequence and stuff it didn't feel like there was a lot of like music and credit budget because it looked like a made for tv movie right at the beginning yeah um but i mean after after that you know it's just literally you know like white white text black screen like very stark that's that's it you know they're not really like giving much away it's very simple 
and then you just go straight into uh you know a, a discarded dead body and that's it so. well, I think the opening is like really effective mm. um they've got this they basically show um henry who's played by michael rooker mm. uh who you guys might know from guardians of the galaxy and the walking dead or if you're old like me and kirsty might know him from uh from more rats, Mr. Svenning, chocolate <laughs> um, covered pretzels, the old stink palm. Um, you basically you see he is he is the the titular Henry, um, and you basically see him going around performing loads of like mundane kind of like day to day tasks, intercut with you know like these frozen tableaus of various mm. murder victims. Yeah. Some of them are real grim as well. That yeah. one, that the lady in the bathroom with the with the, the bottle, bottle like shot bottle. through her face. Yeah. Oh my god! I was like, I did yeah. not remember. But th- that's the thing with this movie. Like, I I remember it being bleak, but I don't remember it being really gory. Mm. Um, and I guess it's not when you really think about it. It's kind of yeah. sparing when it when it uses it. Um, but when it does use it, it is pretty shocking. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, like you said, it's it's just this interspersed with you know like normal quiet guy doing normal things, and and then um, you know these like really intense brutal images of bodies that are like discarded but like haven't been found yet, so they're literally just this just there, um, and then over the top of it, you've got these like um, sound clips of like what it would have sounded like when these people were being killed. So you've got like screams and choking and gunshots and stabbings and you know all of this stuff like over the top of these like really chilling just still completely dead no sign of life kind of um uh situations with these bodies and it was just you know seven minutes in there's like we've seen five dead bodies so you get this real sense of like a trail of destruction that he's leaving and you obviously make the connection that this guy that you've seen doing these normal things going to a diner getting in his car and just driving is is the guy who's responsible and then you see him like hunting for another victim and it just sort of goes from there yeah it's it's really interesting to see um kind of like the tasks the everyday tasks of a serial killer mm-hmm. and then they just like cut in with like the victims <laughs> yeah and then you see what his normal day-to-day is like and it's you know he can just be at the mall whether he was there for like a legit reason or not um and then all of a sudden it just turns into the hunt you know what I mean like he's basically driving the streets trawling for victims he sees someone he likes he follows her back to his ha- uh, to her house and then sees that there's a there's a man at home with her and immediately just drives off mm. um, can you believe that this is Michael Rooker's debut performance I couldn't believe it until I read it and I was just like that's ridiculous but um, yeah apparently he was uh, he was working as a janitor at the time and uh and came in to audition and uh the like shirt jumpsuit type thing or jacket that he's wearing throughout the film is his actual janitor jacket oh really so when you see him when he's killing in the film when he's close up killing if he's shooting someone then obviously it's not too much of a problem but when he's actually killing someone he takes the jacket like the jacket is off he's just in his wife beater or or a shirt or something Mm. because he didn't want to get fake blood on the jacket that he was wearing as his job when he wasn't filming so (laughs) wow um but his performance is so good he's great i think i feel like he's massively underused Mm -hmm. in you know what I mean? He's been in some great movies. Mm-hmm. It was in like Mississippi Burning and Guardians of the Galaxy and like yeah, all the others we've mentioned before. My... But he is such a great character actor. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in that latest True Detective as well, right? 
Yes. Yeah, really briefly, oh like only in one episode, but mm. he was good in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, give, you know, I mean, I'm sure Michael Rooker doesn't need fucking Kirsty, Kirsty and my help, but <laughs> give this guy some more jobs because I would love to see yeah. him in some uh, in some some more roles. That'd be he, awesome. He's got that real like good gravelly kind of voice, and but also he's the, just really intense. For but... me, the best piece of acting in the whole movie. So we're just going to skip around. I don't know if we're going to go chronologically or not, but the best part of the whole movie in terms of acting for me is um henry is having a conversation with becky who is uh, his roommate otis's sister so basically she's come to stay with them because uh, she's trying to escape from her abusive husband and she starts to kind of have feelings towards henry big mistake spoiler mm. um uh, and she basically asks henry if it's true that uh, that he killed his mother mm. um and they've been having this pretty normal conversation up until that. Well, actually, no, it's not that normal conversation, is it? Because yeah, about... she's talking about how she was abused when she was young. But he looks, you know, kind of, oh, yeah, oh, that's really sad. And, you know, your daddy sounds like a real jerk. And then all of a sudden she asks him about, is it true that you killed your mother? And his face turns and he just looks so cold-blooded mm. and, like, so intense it fucking sent a shiver up my spine. I was like, oh my God, this guy's absolutely nailed this performance. Yeah, that bit made me think of if anyone's seen <laughs> Zodiac, which we both love, oh, like yeah. extendedly huge. If you're into Mindhunter, I'm sure that you've probably um, uh, checked out Zodiac as well as David Fincher. Um, and it's, oh my God, why is his name skipping out of my mind? Oh, you know the, the, the actor? Bit. Yeah, not the actor, but like the, the part or even the actor. Either way. Arthur Lee Allen. Yeah, Arthur Lee Allen. So right at the end, like, uh, spoilers. Sorry, it's not really much of a spoiler. But um, Oh, are you talking about you the see, end? With yeah. the, oh, well, no, see, that's Rick... Uh, no, 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 no. You not see, Rick Marshall? No, 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 no. Uh, no. Um, when he walks into... One of the characters walks into uh, the hardware store where one oh, of the yeah. sus- Zodiac suspects works. And uh, when he walks up, he's like, hi, can I help you? You know, and, and he's just like, no. And like, just sort of looking at him in a... Like I'm slightly wor- nervous about you, but also suspicious of you and everything else. And his face changes from you know friendly store clerk to like just terrifying face. I yeah. can't even like, and it's just such a subtle facial movement, but it just has so that's, much power. That sudden turn that an actor mm. or actress can do when you know what I mean just when something turns on them when the when the, like the, when when the, the penny s- drops yeah, yeah. When, the, when the switch flips and that's it oh yeah. god I just thought like I said that little scene in the kitchen with uh, with Becky who's played by who's also really good as well who's play, who's she played by uh, I'm going to have to scroll through this because unfortunately on IMDB uh, Tracy Arnold Tracy Arnold it's, this okay. one apparently is in uh order of appearance so we've got a lot of like dead, dead, dead bodies and uh, <laughs> faceless people at the beginning okay. so um, um, but I find that it's, this whole movie is such a good uh, kind of representation of yeah. of the life of a serial killer. I, n- none of us, unless you're a serial killer listing out there, yeah. none of us really know what that is like. But when you read up these different stories of like what it was like for them, and it was you know kind of like every day they were trawling for different people and how it was that they uh, like gained people's trust. So like that little scene where. Uh, Henry um, is posing as a like a, a pest 
pest control guy. Mm. So he's like walking around the neighborhood with his uh, with his tank, like his cockroach tank. Uh, and that's, you know what I mean? Like, and he's wearing a jumpsuit. Like Kirsty said, he's got like a little name badge and it automatically kind of puts people at ease. And then he's in the house. And then t- two minutes later, we see this kind of, you know, frozen tableau of like this woman who's been choked with a with a phone cord, and yeah. you can hear the kind of sound of the struggle, which is a really cool adv- uh, device. I like that. I like the way that they don't always necessarily show because mm. if it was just like a like one after the other after the other yeah. after the other of just like is him killing a bunch of women, I yeah. feel like it would get you know you'd almost get like desensitized to it, or it would just be like totally gratuitous yeah. like mur- like torture porn yeah and it would t- wouldn't have the same effect at all no but this one like like i literally wrote down i was like you know most most movies like you said you know they'll kind of like revel in the actual kill and the actual like murder scene of you know like seeing the the you know like the person get killed and this one just uses like these really intense like brutal images of bodies and it's always um there was one bit I think earlier like when he went up to the house with his roach spraying kit and like got let in and then he kills the woman but um outside you know there was like a couple of kids playing catch with a football and um you know when when he kills her she's got like old school cartoons like playing just playing mindlessly to itself on the tv set and stuff like that so it's like this you know normal everyday life interspersed with like proper brutal violence and horror and it is like i think that was the thing that they were meaning to do because it was like the the director's uh john mcnaughton and i think what he really wanted to do he he wanted to do a horror but he he sort of went through all of the different genres that you can do and the different kind of horror creatures and like the main characters and stuff and he then read about henry lee lucas and he decided that he wanted to do like a serial killer or like a human killer so no aliens no monsters no demons no nothing just literally a normal human being who you could see walking down the street and have no idea that they are actually like a a, like a mass murderer or a serial killer Mm. so it's it's just this sort of normal everyday all all american regular life and then all of this like carnage well i like the fact that this kind of uh goes against that normal movie trope of having the serial killer be kind of a like a fiendish diabolical mm. mastermind you know what i mean it it's implied in this well it's kind of shown in various uh moments that like henry is has kind of got some intelligence to him mm. the way he's talking to otis later on about like changing up his modus operandi and always moving around so that he doesn't get caught yeah. which he talks about in such like a matter of fact way he's like you know what I mean you dismember one you shoot one you strangle one and then you move on and that's and so it's like a fingerprint so the police can never catch you Mm. but I but for me it's I find it so much more disturbing when the killer is treated as like basically a normal guy Mm. you know what I mean like you you can't you know what I mean it's not like Hannibal Lecter where yeah it's not like Hannibal Lecter where every every death is like a finely constructed uh, like game of mousetrap you know Mm. what I mean it's like you just see someone on the street and he's like I like the look of them drags him into the car and that's it dead yeah. um, which which to me is way more disturbing yeah I think there was another bit like I think I wrote down like it's there's a lot of it where uh, Henry is eating he's just chatting about like all of this stuff like this really messed up stuff um, or you know what he's done or he's like just finished killing someone or whatever and then he's just like eating like drinking coffee and like eating a eating a sandwich or something like that and when he was having that discussion with Otis about um 
excuse me uh, about the the different ways that you can uh, you know get get rid of your victims and things he's just like calmly just eating a sandwich and there's just a whole bunch of different things where like these conversations are happening happening over like a normal like a dinner table or or something like that yeah. and he's just chatting away as if it's like you know just talking about your normal day and that like you said makes it even creepier because it's just in such a normal setting yeah i think um the director does such an awesome job in this movie i know he i i know he's gone on to do other things but like i feel yeah. like this is uh maybe he's not his most famous but like here he's like one of the best regarded movies he's done yeah, L- yeah. give me a shout he's, what else he's, he's done one sec He's, oh, um... I'll, I'll keep I'll vamp don't worry <laughs> but, um, but just some of the decisions he makes and some of the you know what I mean the music I think is so spot on throughout the entire movie I love 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 the music the look of it is awesome as well it's so like dingy and grungy um, once again like going against that Hannibal Lecter uh, operatic you know fine dining style of serial killer this is like a guy and they're they're just slamming back the pbrs and like eating some there's some dirty old fish skeleton on the table and eating burgers and floppy french fries it's like everything about it is so so disgusting um (laughs) i love it i love 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 it have you found found anything Uh, this is the one that he's best known for he also did wild things which is that Ah, one with uh, nev campbell and denise richards (laughs) yeah There are many, there are many boys of your age that know that movie, but uh, yes, <laughs> it's um, yeah, that's that's the main one that he's uh, that he's known for is this basically, yeah. um, and I think at one point he said like he did the the viewings, uh, like screenings and stuff, early screenings, and he had someone come up um, and just say to him, I think something on the lines of like, you can't do that. And we'll we'll go into like what it was like when he uh, like when he he was talking about it later. But he was just like, you can't do that. Like the way that he had put the film together and the way that it ends, which we will also go into, um, was just not what people were expecting. They thought there would be like a clear cut finish and you're done, as we are used to with a lot of different films. But um, yeah, he, he said there, and there were a lot of people that walked out during one of the most um, like disturbing scenes in the film and they were just like no don't like it so <laughs> i've got a question to ask you yeah do you think that you could play a dead body on in a movie um because <laughs> when we were watching this movie there was one shot where i was like i can clearly see that person breathing mm. so i tried to then hold my breath and have my eyes go like wall-eyed. Mm. Kirsty was still watching. <laughs> this is all occurring while we we're watching the film. I'm glad Kirsty didn't turn around because she would have been like, "Are you okay? What are you doing?" <laughs> um, but I couldn't do it. I was like, "It's basically impossible. I can't mm. hold my breath for that long." They did like a full like Draw dolly out. around uh, around the woman, so it's mm. like a full almost th- not quite a 360. But um, I thought, no, there's no way I could be a dead body. Yeah. I'd be that person. Is was it in? We, why do we always talk about friends on this fucking podcast? <laughs> I don't like. I don't like friends at all. But it's a every, cultural reference. But that was it like Joey get. when like he's being a, the the yeah. plague victim, and, and they every, just decide to make him dead. Yeah, they were just. They were just. He's terrible. They would just fucking throw the blanket over him, and they're yeah. like, "Right, he's dead. Wheel him out." That yeah. would be me. I'd one hundred percent be the guy. They'd be like, "This is just not working out. We've got. To, we've got to ch- change it up." Yeah. Um, did make me Henry kill his mother? Yes. He did. In real life. No, no, but I'm in this. I know in real life he did. 
Do you? Because he said he gives. It's almost like the Joker. I, you know what I mean? Like he does. He gives. He gives. He gives a bunch of different stories. Mm. One person he told. He told Otis. Who we need to talk about Otis in a mix. I feel like we barely even mm. touched on him at no, the moment. Um, he told Otis that he hit, he beat her to death with a baseball bat. Yep. Then he told Becky that he stabbed her to death, and then, and then he told her later on that he shot her. Mm. Do you think he killed her at all? Um. I think he did, but I think when he talked about it, he was like, I was 14. Um, I think he's not obviously not had any kind of like support or counseling. He literally got like sent to juvie or sent to prison or whatever. Um, and uh, I think it's, refl- it's reflecting the real um, Henry and Otis, who were known as the confession killers. Um, and we'll go into it a little bit later, but basically that between them, they confessed and recanted confessions for like thousands of unsolved killings. Um, and I think it's maybe pointing towards that, that like, you can't really believe anything that this guy says. He's obviously slightly, uh, unhinged. Um, <laughs> slightly? <laughs> but yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like, that's what I took it as. It was like a foreshadowing of like what it was like how he actually was where it was like confessions retractions nothing is true to be um, fair also he's even in this movie um he's kills he kills so many people i wonder if it's just like getting to the point where he can't even keep it straight in yeah, his own he head where it's like did i shoot her did i stab her did i you know what i mean yeah maybe um, he's changing it all around but part of me thought that maybe he didn't and mm. that he kind of wished he had because she had this control over him and every woman that he killed after that he was kind of like killing his mother again yeah. and again and maybe it was like I kind of I wanted to but maybe she died before or whatever I don't mm. know whether he was in prison for something completely different but I don't know there was just a part of me that was kind of when he got pressed on it that made me think oh maybe he didn't maybe he didn't kill her mm, maybe, maybe that's what do you guys think out there yeah uh, let us know yeah get on to uh, obviously it is very loosely based on the on the killings and things like a lot of the like the actual murder scenes and the actual bodies and things that you see in the film were um based on what uh lucas and and tool were actually um caught for uh not caught for but what they were charged with um and what they were convicted of so um yeah so that makes it a bit disturbing like the first body that you see is actually based on like photographic like crime scene photos and stuff which is really quite disturbing but um one thing that's just occurred to me mm. that is making this this like discussion like really easy to jump around mm. is that there's basically no plot in this movie which it's i find which, yeah well it's i like the way once again it's going back to that kind of like true to life life of a serial killer there is no kind of like amping up and then mm. you know the middle there's your middle third and then mm-hmm. there's got to be a, a dramatic finale it doesn't really happen like that nothing really happens throughout the whole movie it's just like otis and henry going around the streets they kill people you know what i mean it's yeah it's... i think it, I, de- I definitely think it builds towards the end yeah but there's no like there's no plot there's never any thought that one thing it doesn't do there's no tension about oh they might get caught Mm. there's never there's no like policeman on the trail there are no there are no policemen in the film at all i think there's only one bit where they're driving down a highway 
um, I think I read about, they're driving down the highway and um, past one of the more like insane, elaborate like death, uh, you know, like murder scenes or whatever. And this police car just goes like, doo, doo, like the other way. And they put that in there because they were just like the irony of it just being like. Well, I've just thought of one it. other moment as well, which I loved in when when I was watching. I thought that was really cool. Was um, when Otis goes and has a meeting with his uh, parole officer. Mm. And it just shows how, with like the most rudimentary kind of <laughs> follow up from this guy, that that in movie land these guys could have been caught. Because he's like, "Oh, I've got to go because uh, I've got to go early and not really do any further checks with you because my kid's got a dental hygienist appointment." So uh, yeah, mm. we'll we'll call back another time. Well, and... that was the thing. I mean, um, in in real life, like one of the bits that I was going to go into there is that um, like Lucas was. Um he uh he actually did kill his mum um in in real life uh he got uh 10 years for it but he was released he was supposed to do a lot longer obviously but he was released due to prison overcrowding so it's all this like how society failed like these Ugh. like ridiculous people um should we talk about becky a little bit yeah okay so becky is um otis's little sister and you see him go and pick her up um, from the airport, and she's like, like Ollie said, he's, she's escaping from like an abusive uh, relationship, uh, escaping from her husband. She's left her daughter behind just so she can get away for a while. Um, and she starts having these sort of feelings towards Henry. And I kind of wrote down, I was just like, is it like a weird rebound? Does she have like daddy issues? Is she attracted to like the bad boy kind of thing? Or is she just so like emotionally scarred that like any guy who will talk to her like a normal human being is going to get her attention? Well, I don't know because according to, you know, I mean, from what we see of their interactions on screen, mm. well, well, actually now I'm kind of talking myself, I'm thinking about this and I'm talk, talking myself out of it. I was going to say that he never really does anything untoward. He never acts like a bad boy. Mm. According, like from what she sees, he has a job. Yeah, um, he's he's like this brooding, mysterious. Guy, I was going to say there's there's nothing, but there's yeah. Well, that 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 is definitely true. Mm-hmm. I was going to say there's nothing really to indicate that he is a bad boy to her. Yeah. But then I have just remembered that they did have a full conversation about how he murdered his mother. Yes. So maybe maybe maybe, 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 maybe boy, there's a little yeah. bit of something in there. But I mean, she she's come back from uh, I don't know I don't know where did they mention like where she had come from. I can't remember. No, like I uh, we're remember. we're guessing it's going to be like some small town place or wherever. And she's like turned up in Chicago, where this is set. They were actually in Florida rather than Chicago, but they decided Chicago was was the place. Um, and you get these like weird, uh, you know, like um, mixes of like what Henry and Otis are up to, and then Becky sort of wandering around the streets, like real wide eyed, like just fresh off the bus, like looking up at all the buildings and. You know, like real naive kind of. Well, um, I think I from exploring. that from that I kind of took that she could just as easily be one of the victims. Yeah, you know that's what I mean. True. That's for me. It's just like innocent girl. Well, even that, it's just like a normal woman going mm. around doing normal things. She's getting a job. She's you know reading the paper. She's doing this, that, and the other. Mm. And then you know, I'm sure that that was the case for like dozens of the victims of these guys they were just normal people going about their lives and all of a sudden they have an encounter with these two monsters and Mm. that's it done 
Well, you see that, um, like, when uh, they're driving around the streets, like, filming women, just like you said, walking along and, like, you know, not doing anything in particular. They're just walking or mm. going places, and he's filming them as if they're, like, sexual objects, and it's just, like, it's really quite disturbing. Yeah. Well, one thing that I think... The first death that we actually see mm. committed, um, Henry... Um, and Otis go out and they pick up two sex workers uh, and then they're all together in the car and all of a sudden things start getting rough and Henry's basically strangling this woman One of the other one tries to help her friend and then Henry just breaks her neck and yep. then they just drag them out into the alleyway and then just dump them like trash on mm-hmm. the side and I was just like it's so cold and chilling and disturbing yeah. the way that you know, it's it's not the it's not the last time we see this happen. But Henry basically just throwing people away like human garbage. Yeah. It's really really horrible to see. And that's like the the beginning part of like Otis being involved in it. Um, and he has a little bit of a hard time at the beginning. Um, uh, he of like you know really understanding what he was doing. And then obviously it goes into the bit that we were talking about earlier, where you know they um are talking about how to do it and uh it's they they've made it sort of the like the otis character is like the weird comic relief to um michael rooker's straight man where he's like really dark and brooding and he's kind of like comedic but not in a you wouldn't laugh at him kind of way but like he's he's a bit lighter which makes it even creepier in a way yeah for sure um he's played by tommy towels right yeah tommy towels he's awesome as well he's really good this i don't really know if if that guy has done any other stuff he kind of got picked up by rob zombie so he's in like house of thousand corpses he's in the halloween remake he's in devil's rejects he's like he's like a good like hick kind of character because i could for a minute i was like he's not captain spaulding right and then i was like no it's not um Um, yeah. Not that I'm aware of. I'm no, I'm, have to check I'm, this now. I'm this almost certain. No, because I think that's... Um, what's his name, right? Um, fuck. <laughs> People who are real horror fans are literally screaming so at us right sorry, now. Um, oh, my God. Sid Haig. Is it yes. Sid Haig? Yeah. yeah, Sid Haig. He plays Captain Spaulding, so it's not him. Yeah, so remember. he's he's like... Um, funnily enough, he's actually like cop characters, like bumbling cop characters or like uh, small town uh, small town redneck police guy in okay. uh, in in House of Thousand Corpses and stuff like okay. in Texas. So it's been. A, it's, I'm really sorry. It's been a long time since I've seen House of Thousand Corpses or Devil's Rejects. But yeah, we're gonna have to go. catch up so we can watch uh, Three from Hell. Yeah, yeah. But um, um, yeah. So so Otis is first very like, oh my god, what has just happened? And then kind of Henry kind of brings him down, and they they sort of portray him as like he's simple he's easily led he's you know um not quite right not mm, he is not quite right yeah the thing is for me it just shows his will like the scene the the next kind of big scene for otis is he him and um henry going by before that okay all right it was um otis where he's obviously just trying to deal with all of these emotions from seeing like two women have their necks snapped in front of him and then having to be be like you know someone going it's fine you know it's us or them like that's how how henry uh, explained it to him and then um obviously like his anger starts coming out and uh, he's like thumping on his tv because it's not working and then he just boots the screen in 
and that was very much like to me it was it was like he had this emotion and this mm. stress and uh anger and you know like stuff that he hadn't processed and he just took it out on his tv because his tv wasn't working and so they go to go and buy a new tv another normal thing that normal mm. people do but it all goes a bit wrong so. yeah so that this that scene just shows me his willingness to kill mm. you know what i mean like he's it's just easily a, encouraged oh my yeah. god so he's like the the switch is fl- i think it's almost like he almost feels like he has to have a moment of kind of like reflection to be like oh maybe this is wrong and then all of a sudden he's like no nah, this isn't wrong this is awesome this i love is it fine, yeah. um the killing of that tv guy uh the tv salesman who's a real jerk to be fair yeah but um uh is horrible yeah. and cold-blooded I, re- and- I remember when i was looking for the trailer for this and it came up with like all the different bits from the movie and one of them was pe- people just saying like this is the most disturbing bit or whatever and i saw like oh, no the thumbnail the thumbnail of it and i was like after watching it it's not the most disturbing bit but it is so filled with tension and it's that very um there's certain bits in it i'll i'll explain a bit later but like it's just this this tension that we've got in there um and it and it just builds to this ridiculous height and it's yeah it's it's insane so also, to... it's got that great line in it, that plug it in Otis, where yeah. he's like he slams a TV on the guy's head, and they they stab him with like is it a it's soldering like, it's a iron? Soldering iron, yeah. yeah so he's in like, there oh, fixing so TVs in this like gross sort of um, like, like lock up lock kind up, yeah. of uh, garage thing, and this guy's obviously selling like stolen TVs or whatever, and he's like fixing them up and everything, and they start yelling at each other about how much the TV's going to cost or whatever, and then uh, all of a sudden like Henry just just flips from politely asking like what the tvs are going to cost and everything and uh how they want something a bit more than what they can afford with their 50 dollars and the guy's just like yelling at them and telling them that they're useless and they're terrible and whatever and then henry just flips and they grab hold of him stab him multiple times with a soldering iron that's on the table which is like really horrific because they like go in and they're real, and real in, wriggling really, around really in there. In. And then, uh, yeah, and then they grab the little $50 TV set, slam it on the guy's head, and then plug it in and electrocute him and kill him if he wasn't dead already. Um, but the interesting bit about that is that, because um, it's Michael Rooker, it's Henry who uh, who slams the TV on his head, um, they actually filmed it backwards. I wanted to go back and watch yeah. it. They filmed it backwards, so the TV was on the guy's head, and they filmed him like pulling it off and then reversed it. That scene contains one of the only parts of the movie that I had not a problem with that was is not the choice that I wish they had made there, there's this weird like mm. like, like psycho I wrote, I wrote down stabbing soundtrack. sound effect like, that, um, that did not do it for me <laughs> I've got to say it was like I said it was, it was too psycho-y but done with like an 80s synth so it sounded like it was just keyboard stabbing it was weird I didn't yeah. like that yeah. um, <laughs> but the main thing the main takeaway they get from from that scene is they t- basically take this video camera that they then take and they film women on the street you know well women that they maybe are having kind of fantasies about killing but they take it um to a home invasion that they do so and then we ba- see this so for people to say that that the tv repair guy scene was the most disturbing i'm Mm-mm. like no way no, basically what then happens is we see a video being played like a vhs tape being played on the tv um of otis and henry taking part in home invasion 
Uh, and Henry's holding the camera for the most of it, and you know, there's this woman being molested, and a guy. They you, they show a guy tied up on the floor with like a pillowcase around his head, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, what I mean, it's horrible, like real gross, Gra- like, graphic, yeah, like makes your screen, with what Otis skin crawl. What he's doing, yeah, yeah, what he's doing um, to this woman, it's horrible. And then their son, like this this couple's son, runs out of the bedroom, and Henry just tackles him and they have like a really they, realistic looking fight but he drops the camera because yeah. it's Henry holding the camera filming Otis doing this stuff to this woman and it's horrible because she's just like screaming and trying to get away and then he cuts down and you see the husband on the floor like you said all tied up and then all of a sudden this kid appears and he's literally like a teenager like a young teen and Henry drops the camera on the floor but the way that it's dropped is so that you can still see uh, uh, Otis and the woman struggling in the corner you can still see the guy on the floor and you can see Henry like grab this kid bodily and just like slam him on the floor like I said it looks it looks like they're having an actual real yeah. fight and, and then and, and then he just snaps this kid's neck like that yeah and then and then Otis joins in and just goes like oh look me too and just breaks this woman's neck and then they stab the stab the husband and then like they're literally like this is this is all of it and then he watch, and then Otis decides to rewind the video and watch it again frame by frame yeah in slow motion so and the fact that we're as an audience watching it from the perspective of Henry Mm. and it's basically showing two serial killers watching you know yeah taping (laughs) taping this crime spree was the best idea we ever had Mm. Um, but to see these two guys watching it back just like we are kind of watching this movie with lots of people dying i guess it's kind mm. of like the director's commentary on yeah just like you guys you yeah. guys are doing this You're right and then all of a sudden yeah. the guy who's been controlling our perspective of the of the, the scene we've just been watching runs out from behind the camera and then actively takes part in killing people it's like okay why well, yeah. my film school training tells me that the director's trying to get at something here. yeah this was uh this was the scene where like a large amount of people in the screen just walked out they were just like i cannot deal with this because it was so it, it, it is really disturbing i just sat there and i was like oh my god this is really horrible um the actual scene went on for a lot longer there was a more that otis did to the woman after the breaking of her neck well i know the bit that henry's kissing her and then henry's like no no um, we're not doing it and um yeah then so cutting back to uh to like real life we've got becky who is you know like pointing out that she's having like real strong feelings for for henry and she wants to leave and go back to her daughter and uh she was like henry you should just come with me and uh, he's sort of got his uh, reservations but then I think he's thinking about it because he's already mentioned how he's going to have to move on soon because that's what he does he kills in various different ways so that the police can't connect the, the killings together and he just moves on and then he's like saying he says to Otis later on he's just like oh why don't you um you know like we'll we'll all move on we can come back around this way in like a month or so and he's worried about his parole and everything but so you've got him like trying to work out if he's going to stay with Becky or whether he's going to go with Becky or not, and he leaves to go to like the store to go and get cigarettes. Well, not quite. So basically, oh. Becky has seduced him. Yeah. He looks so weird and awkward though. Yeah. Like, he looks like he's, he's to- not, He yeah. looks like he's totally not really into, or he's struggling with something in his mind. Yeah. And then Otis basically comes in and busts them. Yeah. And starts breaking his balls about it, and Henry's like, "Okay, well, I'm going to go get some cigarettes then." Yeah. So he goes to get some cigarettes, and he goes to you know like the little like 
like bodega like corner shop or whatever and he goes in and the guy behind the counter is like less than polite it's not rude but it's just slightly off like he's just like oh i want some you know like newports or whatever and he's just like well which ones which ones do you want you know like in a slightly aggressive and, yeah, way antagonistic kind of way yeah just what you would expect in like normal life you'd expect to see in a in a movie or a tv show where you've got you know like a bored disgruntled like unfulfilled kind of person who works in a store or whatever and they're just like they can't be bothered they're they're like real apathetic about it but he was just that guy doing that bit you were like oh god don't don't make him mad because you know like you've seen what happens if like someone manages to like slightly offend him and so it's just got that little bit of tension and then he meets a woman walking a dog and my brain was immediately like oh my god not the dog don't kill not the papa the dog. not that papa no and the papa was fine the papa dolores in the film was fine so we're we're okay dog fans we're fine but um yeah then we come back to um henry comes back to the to the house and finds that um uh, otis has just raped becky and is in the process of strangling her and it's so disturbing not only because it's like sexual assault scenes are never going to be like they're always going to be like the, the most horrible part in a film for me but um yeah he he just uh it's it's his sister in the film you know it's it's horrible uh so henry comes storming in and um through various different ways uh otis gets killed so <laughs> oh yeah he gets uh, he gets shanked in the eye with a metal comb and yeah. then just uh just he gets he gets all kind of stabbed that, up that, that eye and it's kind of funny because it's like you're rooting for a serial killer to kill another serial killer yeah. um and it's like oh what one's one's better than the other one yeah. i was like it's i love the way that the director's just like completely fucking with you at it's this like point it's like a weird like, anti-hero thing isn't it oh it's he's the bizarre. i was gonna say he's an anti-anti-hero but that would make him a hero right yeah. <laughs> he's like uh yeah he's like an anti-hero to the nth degree mm. um but that eye stab yeah because becky comes comes at him because he he's uh attacking henry and she, you see, like a close-up of her grabbing like a metal, like tail, uh, like tail comb, and she literally like reaches and like stabs him in the eye. And it's just this split second of this like really obvious fake head, which makes me chuckle quite a bit because I think when I read about it, I read that it cost like seven hundred dollars or something like that. So in the eighty, in like eighty six, oh, yeah. it would have been like that'd have been a pretty decent chunk of like, budget, oh I'm sure. Yeah. So like then they, yeah, they they end up killing him and. um and yeah the, then he and then you get some real disturbing dismemberment scene in the yeah. bathroom with some gross noises as well do you know how they do it do you know um, how they do it no. right you know the uh, um, like when you buy uh, like citrus fruit from the supermarket and it comes in like the netting bag yeah. it's that being ripped slowly open in front of a microphone really yeah it sounded wetter than that yeah it's really okay. gross but they said it was like a really hilarious scene because um, like he pulls he like takes his head off in the bath and then uh, Henry's like lifting it up and then puts it in his bag or whatever or puts it in the bag to, to like dispose of it but he said when he was filming it it was so slippery that he actually dropped it and it like rolled across <laughs> the floor and he thought it was like this weirdly hilarious but also like horrifying <laughs> bit and it just made me chuckle quite a bit but but yeah that so that kind of cements like Henry and Becky deciding to leave the state or leave the town or go back to where um, she was going and you have this weird bit where she's like, well, what are we going to do now? And he's like, well, I guess we're going to do this. And then she's like, 
she tells him that she loves him and he's like well i guess i love you too <laughs> it's like the most unconvincing mm. yeah. uh, i guess i love you too yeah uh, which you know i mean at this point you're pretty much thinking to yourself this man is incapable of any kind of human relationship um going back to that scene where or that little sequence where he kind of leaves the house and he's kind of like trawling the streets and i guess at this point they're trying to make you think oh maybe he's having like a dark night of the soul and he's gonna he's gonna come good and him and becky are gonna run off and live together and be happily ever after and i was like oh no i didn't get that i just got like any of these people could have been his next but that's what that's but that but and he didn't though and he and he was in exactly the right mindset to have killed any of those people like you would have thought normally on any other normal day he probably would have killed that guy and (laughs) and he and well for normal for him on any other normal day he would have killed that store owner and he would have killed that woman with the dog Mm -hmm but he doesn't and it's kind of and i get my kind of reading of it was um well or my kind of like guess of the intention of john mcnaughton was um he almost wants you to think that you know becky's shown this consensual sexual interest in him and maybe he's thinking oh maybe this is what my life has been missing (laughs) and that's why he doesn't kill those people and then he comes back and he has to kill otis Mm. uh and then that just sets him back off on the path again he you know he bags up otis he throws him over the bridge like trash again i guess i love you too which for me is like one of the coldest lines Mm. in the whole thing um because for me any thought that you might have had that him and, and Becky were going to go off and try and live some kind of semblance of a normal life together is goes completely out the window because he's so unconvincing when he says I guess I love you too yeah he's um, just got no like emotions and then after that they go and stay in a hotel they don't say anything to each other um and then the next morning you see him check out the hotel they do a little bit of camera kind of like hiding you know I mean Hiding, going from the hide. driver's side yeah but but at the same time he pulls out and what do you see no one sitting in the drive in the passenger seat next to him and then he stops off by the side of the road pulls out a suitcase from the back of the car covered it's in blood drenched in blood and then he just dumps it by the side and then once again you hear the kind of like the the, the soundtrack of the murder you hear becky screaming and yeah. kind of like violence and and that's it for me it's like a total gut punch mm. of like any glimmer of hope in this world is, yeah. is completely gone you know what i mean becky who was <laughs> who had her problems but were mostly problems that were you know forced upon her mm. by other people by basically aggressive men yeah her father her husband her brother and then henry and then it's just like that light gets snuffed out and that it's like and the bleakest on. bleakest ending yeah i mean like i said like i was saying earlier with the guy who um came up to the director after one of the screenings and was like you can't do that and what he meant was you can't end a like a murder like a film like this about a serial killer where the serial killer escapes and everyone else is dead you can't do that and it was basically like you know in in his mind there was no real cut and cut clear clear cut ending because we're used to you know the killer gets killed or the killer gets caught or you know something happens but in this like from that guy's point of view there was no justice there was no clear ending there was no final girl no you know no nothing so it was just like how how could he end a movie like that and they thought about doing a sequel which has the most terrible name and it's um i think it was 
Henry Superstar of Crime. And they did not make it. And it was basically about like how it Sounds Henry like a book VH1, like behind the music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like based on Henry Lee Lucas and his um uh like how he became a bit of a media celebrity basically because he was uh admitting to all of these killings and they were all like real horrific and you know, there were some uh yeah, just like awful deaths in there and because of the you know, him admitting to these cold case murders and stuff, he was like, Yeah, I did it. Um, and he would tell people about them and like they would uh, you know the police were like wait you know that we can just close this case now without really investigating them at all and it just became ridiculous so i mean we can go into like a few yeah, I was gonna say, you, got, you got some facts yeah Give some, drop some facts on us well Kirsty. i mean um like if we're comparing this to like the real killers um it gets even more disturbing obviously um which is quite interesting because you'd think that um, you know, if they were going to do a film like, and we're used to it now, where there's a little disclaimer at the beginning of every uh, TV show that talks about real life events, and it's like, you know, some of these things have been dramatized, you know, like dramatization may not have happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, it gets more disturbing when you think that um, uh, Becky in real life was 11 was uh, Otis Tool's niece. I have to point out now that in the movie they call him Otis. In real life they call it, his real name was Otis. Otis Tool. So if I've flipped between the names in throughout this, I do apologise, but you know you know who I'm talking about. But um, yeah, uh, Becky was uh, Otis's 11-year-old niece. She had learning difficulties, but she ended up having a, ro- a romantic relationship with Henry. Um, <laughs> yeah, real romantic. <laughs> Henry did actually kill her. Um, Henry Lee Lucas did kill Becky um, yeah he, his dad where he was talking about his dad I don't think we mentioned it but like he lost his legs in an accident that actually happened um, he got hit by a train right while yeah. he was drunk on the yeah, tracks yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, he killed his mum in 1960 he's saying that what he was doing they were having an argument about something um, she was basically saying that like she wanted him to take care of her when he left the house and and uh, you know when she got old and stuff, and and he obviously did not want to do that. And he says that he slapped her uh, multiple times, then realised that he had his knife in his hand. The old knife slap. Yeah. So she um, was like uh, bleeding out, but I think she actually died of a heart attack due to like the severity of the of the attack. So, um, but over his life. He was convicted of 11 murders, which is bad enough anyway. Um, He then confessed to 60 murders. Then it went up to 100. Then it went up to 3,000. And at that only point, like 60 and 100. Was he Thanos or something? Yeah, 60 and 100. um, The police were like, okay, like we, we believe you. Then, then when it started to go a bit ridiculous, it was like three thousand. But they, the, like the conservative guess, without saying conservative, it sounds awful. The conservative guess is that um, he was responsible for around forty murders, but convicted of eleven of them. So, um, from what I remember, they were basically just say, um, "Oh yeah, we'll give you extra cigarettes or extra candy in or order better, to better better living conditions in your prison." And also, um, they would take if he was like, "Oh yeah, I know where a body is. It's here." They would take him with them, so on a he little could, jolly, yeah, yeah. So it'd be like, uh, you know, 
get out of the prison for a couple of days you get to eat some fast food mm. stay in a hotel all the nice things that would kind of break up the monotony of being in jail yeah uh, of course he's going to fucking confess it's yeah. like a no-brainer he's on like a life means life kind of sentence for like the 11 murders it was he was sentenced to death and then it was commuted to life so um yeah so he had nothing but time to kill and this kind of broke up the monotony of it by basically confessing but you know you you sort of laugh at like how stupid it was but then you think about the amount of people out there who are looking for answers for like their missing or dead uh relatives over like decades and you've got this dick just in prison going yeah i did it I did this and this well, is what happened going to great detail about dick that's a bit strong dick. I was like well I was trying to think <laughs> of a swear word what a real jerk I don't I don't swear as much as you on this show so um. <laughs> but he's a total dick but um yeah it's it is a good film in in as much that it is like really intense full of tension the death scenes are ridiculous um interesting I think my one final fact before we go into final the round rating. final final uh, wrap up the the first woman that you see dead so i think women on riverbank kind of yeah. where it pans out right and the woman on the toilet with a bottle in her face yeah uh and the uh first sex worker with the big blonde afro kind of hair big blonde uh, <laughs> the big like poodle hair. wig <laughs> yes that uh that henry breaks the neck of same actress. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mary Mary Demas or I guess Mary a, Dem, Demas Demas. Um, I guess with a bottle in your face and wearing a big giant poodle wig, it's going to make yeah, you kind of uh, you inconspicuous. Really, yeah, you you're not really going to be able to tell. Yeah, but um, yeah, she was a, a friend of um, friend of the director, and he was just like, we just need like these people. So yeah, so she ended up being like three of the victims that you see throughout the film, which I thought was kind of cool. But um, yeah, so did this film shit you up? It did. <laughs> it did um, shit me up like I was never at any point like terrified afraid but I was so disturbed by it yeah which it I feel disturbing. like is a subgenre of shitting me up yes um, did it creep you out maybe should be yeah did it creep you did out did it creep you out did yeah. it shit you up um, it definitely creeped me out um, of all the films we've watched so far it probably creeped me out the most mm. um, just because it's people yeah, you know people, I mean? and it's handled in such a like a cinema verite kind of like true to life kind of style. Everything is it's almost like a documentary. You know what I mean? Like mm. you could these they could they could be being followed around by a camera crew, or they could intersperse it with like interviews with the real life people, like against a black yeah. background, and it would totally work. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, but I absolutely love this. Michael Rooker is incredible so in this good. movie. Tommy Towles also very yeah. very excellent in this film um, Becky whose name once again I uh, Arnold, Tracy Arnold Tracy yeah. Arnold also awesome you know what I mean this film lives or dies on how good the three main actors are and they are all superb mm-hmm. the music I love 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 the music for this movie um <laughs> I think it's just directed brilliantly. The, uh, Except keyboard, for the keyboard yeah, that's not it. music. That's just kind of like a sound effect. That was the only one. One part. That's the, if if it if it anything takes this film off from a perfect score, it's that weird like synthy stab sound. Okay. Um, what did you think? 
I really liked it. I mean, yeah. was it what you it's, expected? I remember you, this is one that you were quite nervous about. Not nervous, but you were like, I don't know if I'm looking forward to this. This sounds really grim. I think because you were saying it was bleak, and I'd rather stay away from like bleak movies because I'll just come out of it going, what is the point in anything ever? You know, so. Uh, I think that and like generally when you have seen a film and you start talking about the film I should I should be wary now after society and these recommendations I feel like I feel like I'm more on the up than the down the only one that I've (laughs) gotten wrong so far was society I feel like this and uh, reanimator I was like they're awesome they're really awesome you're good you're good yeah yeah, I I I want to be known as a man of taste and integrity I don't want to have my (laughs) good name and opinion dragged uh, through the mud thank you very much i would i would recommend it um i yeah i would recommend it to people i would you know it's it's one of those ones where like if you said like do i like it it's like i don't like it as in the subject matter is awful and like um really unnerving and distressing and disturbing but it is a very very well made film considering that it was like you know another one like we were talking about the other week where it was uh you know like made in a matter of weeks for like minimal money it was like a hundred thousand yeah. dollars i think yeah, which when really, which yeah, i know sounds like loads of money but when you think about like actual movies that's million, million blockbusters. like hundred and ten thousand is like not even like what one person would have got paid for for a film you know nowadays so like it's it's crazy but um yeah they just they kept it simple they kept it real stripped back it's yeah it's definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it already um we have got the trailer on the website um so if you go to tinyurl.com slash watch henry you can watch the trailer and get like a feel for for the movie and then um well hopefully you would have watched it it before you listen to this podcast (laughs) (laughs) maybe not there's a few people i know who don't so talking of people um i think we're wrapping up anything more to say about henry uh no cool um, I want to give a shout out I've got two shout outs to give I want to give a shout out to Joe uh, and James uh, old friends of mine old 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 friends of mine <laughs> um, so I just want to send some love out to them they said some really nice things about the podcast and I hope they listen uh, keep listening and uh, yeah cheers for cheers for everything they said I was a pro so thanks for that what's that they said I was a pro yeah they did said Kirsty's a pro I'm a pro yeah. apparently <laughs> um, so just going back to what you were saying about taste and integrity uh huh next week's episode oh, yeah. <laughs> ollie is so ready for this this one. is the one i think i've been most excited about because really? i yeah because out of the whole hundred though or out of like this m- certainly this certainly in this top 50 okay because here's the thing <laughs> when it starts to get into the lower you know what i mean the top 20 25 they are movies that i have watched and have continued to watch mm. for years and years and years and years some of these ones that are like further back um, are ones that I have really great memories of but only pretty owned on like a real scratchy old VHS or something like that this next one mm-hmm. is definitely in fact the last three Reanimate uh, and Society Reanimator Society and this next Henry one. Portrait of a Serial Killer and number 91 is Brain Dead Brain Dead <laughs> uh, movies that I all that I owned all of on VHS 
and have very fond memories of. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one that, that I'm gonna I'm putting my neck out there. I have no qualms in saying that I'm gonna recommend this film yeah. and that it is awesome. Yeah. There's no way that you can misremember this movie. <laughs> it is one of the most crazy, <laughs> one of the <laughs> most memorable, uh, ingenious <laughs> movies I've ever seen, and I'm surprised that it's so high up on the list. I I have a feeling this will be going further down the list when we get on. Do you but... think Henry will though? Yeah, I think yeah. so. It's definitely the be- I I would say it's the best movie we've watched so far. What's what was the other one? A oh, Reanimator. Yeah, Reanimator was great. And Scream. It just depends on There's been some we've the... watched some fucking great movies so yeah, far. But that's the thing. Like the the thing about horror is that uh I think we've we've mentioned it before, we've talked about it. I don't know if we've talked about it on here. Is that horror can like go across so many different types. Like we've we've already gone through like you know there's like bleak intense real life there's supernatural there's um i'm just trying to go back through some of the ones that we've had there's like real schlocky uh there's comedy ghost, horror ghost there's teen slasher horror there's ghost stuff there's like we're gonna have alien things like monsters it just goes across all of it and all of the different emotions as well you can just link into a horror film so like it works so well across so many things um so yeah i think we've we've had some really good ones and this one i know that you're super excited about so this was this came out brain dead came out in 1992 also known as dead alive uh for any u.s listeners it's out a there. terrible name yeah we're not really sure what that's supposed so to mean dead alive but... to me sounds like is it dead or is dead or alive a fighting game maybe it's I also th- a movie i think yeah dead, well i know dead and Al- a bon dead, jovi song yeah dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but yeah, go on, carry on. <laughs> yeah, so it's called Dead Alive. We call it Brain Dead. It came out in 1992, and it is the Peter Jackson. So we we often will find films like we were watching Band of Brothers the other day, completely separate to horror, but um, different kind of horror. Um, and uh, one of the one of the producers or one of the main people on there that's on the credit sequence all the time is someone called Gene Kelly, and we're always like, what the Gene Kelly? Because we're hilarious, obviously. Um, but this one is actually the Peter Jackson of Lord of the Rings um, and this movie was kind of people loved it but also um, you know it didn't get like widespread attention because it is like proper budget horror but really well done um, and it kind of slipped under the radar until like unless you were a huge horror fan until Peter Jackson got all the fame and everything like that like what like nine ten years later or whatever um, with Lord of the Rings and then um, all of a sudden people are like, oh, have you ever seen any of the stuff he's done before? It's completely I think I, different. I'm trying to think if I saw this first or Lord of the Rings first. Mm. I think I might have seen this first. Okay. And I, I knew almost... of it. I knew, I knew of him doing these things when Lord of the Rings came out. I knew of him doing these things. I can't remember when I watched it. It's been many years since I watched this movie. He made some great movies before mm. Lord of the Rings. So this is known as, like, Splatstick. It's, like, the, the best portmanteau I've ever found. So it's, like, a combination of slapstick and splatter horror. Um, and the the premise is, is a bunch of rabid rat monkeys, love it already, um, who turn the residents of a small town into a horde of zombies. Have you seen this before? I have, but many years ago. So, okay. like I said, to you, I was saying to you yesterday, isn't this this one where that thing happens? And you were like, I think so. <laughs> so oh no, I, no, I, it was more the way you were describing it. I was uh, like, that's not quite how I would describe it. Right. But, um, I'm so excited for this one. Yay! Um, guys, come talk to us yeah. on uh, on social media. Yeah, please. Uh, so we are Facebook and Instagram um, at Behind the Sofa Podcast. 
um, and uh, you can find us on, on our website so if you go to uh, tinyurl.com slash behind the sofa uh, behind the sofa podcast sorry and then you can also go to behind the sofa episodes uh, and behind the sofa vision for if we can find the film online then you can watch it there or you can watch the trailers you can listen to uh, our episodes online um, and you can also go on our horror movie and horror bookstores to pick up the movies themselves or the books that they were inspired by yeah uh, I think we've got some exciting stuff coming in the next couple of episodes as well there's been a little, little bit of talk about a giveaway so Ooh. there might be some uh, some information coming about that yeah um, more guests we've got a couple guests coming up soon as well um, but what we really want is you guys to go out uh, and give us a rating uh, on wherever you're listening to it mm. um rate and subscribe and tell your friends we want to talk to more people about horror movies yeah. we were talking to some people about Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer this week and it's been a good time so uh, yeah. so yeah get involved yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's it it's a bit of a long one but uh, uh, thanks, we, we thanks yeah thanks for listening so um, yeah goodbye everybody goodbye everybody and uh, from behind the sofa good night good night <laughs>